Hello, and welcome to Soren with the Magic Our Way podcast. My name is Mr. Mononymous, and I'll be your chief flight attendant today. We'll begin boarding in just a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with the rest of your flight crew. First, we have your pilot and co-pilots, Kevin and Danny. These artistic buffs will launch you from New Orleans to soar over all things Disney. Your entertainment director is Ivory Comics proprietor Eli. Be sure to check your in-flight magazine for a sneak peek at his comic, Project Geisha. Nice work, pal. Soon you'll be airborne. If you or your little aviators would like to reach the flight crew at any time, be sure to check out magicourway.com, where you can find links to Facebook, Twitter, email, or send in a voicemail. And, of course, you can book your next Soarin' flight with your platinum-level earmarked travel agent, Lee Lastavica, from Magical Moments Vacations. Remember, you've got a friend in Lee. Okay, let's review. Kevin, Danny, Eli Lee, Artistic Buffs, Disney stuff. Anything else? Oh, yeah. Chombo, everyone. Rambe. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way Podcast. Podcast. Hey, better, 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 swing better. The better cannot swing. Hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, how you doing, Kevin? Sure, where you from? Show, show, show them where I'm from. That's another baseball term they say to everybody. Oh, I was quoting Ferris Bueller. Sorry. Ferris oh, really? Just, yeah. You still here? Go home. Oh, go, Bueller. Go home. Bueller. Bueller. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Magic Highway Podcast. My name is Kevin. And I am Danny. And on the show with us, of course, as mentioned, is our travel agent, Lee. How you doing, Lee? Fantastic. And we also have our Marvel comic book and everything genius Mr. Eli Ivory, how you doing, Eli? How you doing? Holla at your boy. What's going on? Holla at your boy, man. Great. So, man, we got a great show for you guys today. I, I am very excited to present this to you guys. Um, I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed conducting this little interview with a, a little manager who, I don't know, he, he, he did things like he Maelstrom. Did he did some stuff. Yeah. Stuff. You know, it, it was all good stuff, you know. Uh, an absolute hero of mine uh, designed what I felt to be the greatest Disney attraction you'll never see. Yeah. Paul Torgino is going to be on the show. And for those of you who don't know him, you should know him. Paul was the original designer for the Dragon's Tower, which was going to be in Beastly Kingdom mm -hmm. over in the Animal Kingdom. And he also did a couple of things like Maelstrom. Oh, yeah. And Dinosaur. and Worked in Tokyo Disney Seas. And Euro Disney. Uh, you know, he yeah. did a, I mean. Animatronics. He did right? something. He, he did some things. He yeah. Did, it's a little bit. Hall of Presidents. A few things. Like just a few things. things just but, not, nothing know. major. I mean, uh, you, you guys are going to love it. The interview went, just went awesome, and so it was just it, it was just a blast. Made one of the most difficult shots I've ever seen an artist do. I, I got to go and start drawing after I leave from here. Yeah. I really do. For a bunch of creative minds, man, it definitely uh, jump-started our brains into everything. Just talking with the guy, and hopefully uh, the creative Moeekans out there will do the same once hearing him talk about his projects and the background and the thoughts and everything like that. So great way to do it, listening from the man himself. Level up, baby. Level up. All right, guys. Enough of the jibber-jabber. Let's go make some magic.
All right. The only thing that we're going to talk about today is something that just came out recently. And it has to deal with My Magic Plus. And we're going to kind of keep the queue a bit concise because we want to leave a lot of time for Mr. Torgino to speak. So we're going to talk about the new My Magic Plus things. Two things that are coming to you. First thing up is a solution to one of the biggest guest complaints with FastPass Plus. So if everything goes to plan, sometime around April 2016, you'll be able to make those additional FastPass reservations directly from the My Disney Experience on your phone. So you, you will no longer have to go to the kiosks to get additional FastPass. You can handle your FastPass reservations, uh, the, the, the rolling FastPass stuff, directly from your phone, wherever you are in the park. You don't have to stand in line. And we know we've seen those lines. They get pretty long. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think of that first little enhancement to the whole uh, My Magic Plus experience? I like it. I mean, I want to see you be able to book fast passes across multiple parks. If you pay yes. for the sure, if you pay for the park hopper option, but this is a step in the right direction. I, I'm I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah. I, I I I think what you said, Danny, is coming down the pipe. I think that's yeah. next somewhere on the drawing board. Mm-hmm. I think this is all just like a really planned out scheduled release of this stuff. I'm maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but it's like, hey, now you can do this. So come back to the parks. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and people have been asking about or wanting this since the whole app was created. Uh, you know, that was one of the major complaints was that they couldn't, you couldn't get that fourth pass pass on your phone. And I would also assume that it's probably going to save Disney some payroll too, by not having to pay as many people to be in lines at the kiosks. Um, now I don't oh, know if the kiosks a- are going to go away, but I think that would be the next logical step as well. They'll have a huge IT staff. We already know what Disney's doing with their IT staff. They're outsourcing that already. So, oh boy, um, oh boy. I was gonna say they laid off the painters. I know Fairy Godmother is no longer making appearances. As uh, what was the other one? How are you gonna lay off the Fairy Godmother? <laughs> are you gonna have that's, the rats take her place now? That's some bad karma right there, man. Dude, that's, that's some bad juju. I, yeah, I'm with you on I that one. Mess with the Fairy Godmother. Yo. Fairy Godmother is no longer making uh, a little little in inner queue yeah, uh, announcement. There's a lot of news going on right now. We could do an all Q show, but we want Paul to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, this is Paul's time. Yeah. We, we could talk about that. We're, we, and we'll talk about it because a lot of this okay. stuff is pretty interesting. Yeah. So we'll yeah. talk about it on a future show. So keep it out of that. But, you know. The other thing I would add to this is that it's what I find interesting on the travel agent side is there's been no official um, news of this actually from Disney. So I think it's going to happen. I think it's reputable. But I'm wondering why Disney hasn't officially come out and said it themselves yet either. Yeah, wow. that's pretty interesting. So for all we know, this could be a rumor. Well, well, this yeah. tr- it's tricky to do something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Technically, if you're going in from the app, I mean, one of the questions is, is do you have to log into a certain hotspot that's on the parks or you're going to have to go to another website because if there's too much traffic, you still would be waiting in line in the cybernetic sense. That's my only concern. I'll just leave it at that. No, that makes sense because I guess it would be more people logged into that thing because they're not doing it from the kiosk. Right. Well, when you're walking around the parks now, you, you do notice a whole lot more people on their cell phone. Now, that just could be because we're in a cell phone generation where everyone yeah. is buried in their cell phones. But I know when I was there, it was because I was constantly trying to shift things around yeah. to, to make it work. So Yeah, we were on transportation. You know, we were trying to get dining things to happen, trying to get fast passes things to happen. Yeah. But anyway, guys, the second thing that's going to happen... Uh, now, now I, I know this is a Disney show, but you know where I'm going to talk about Universal for a second. If you remember... Uh, what, the E.T. traction at the original Universal Studios Orlando. There's a part at the end of the ride, you know, you had a card and it got scanned. And when you got to the end of the ride, E.T. would call out your name. 
Okay, because a lot of people remember this. Mm-hmm. That was very magical, right? In a certain sense, at least for the technology back then. Now, with uh, what they're calling Story Maker, that's going to happen with the, the some of the Disney attractions. Uh, they're going to use information stored on the Magic Band, your profile information, and they'll it, allow you to interact with the attractions itself. So, uh, an example that was given is like, say, you get to it, the end of It's a Small World, and they say goodbye. Well, the attraction would say goodbye in your native language, wherever you happen to be. So if you're from China, they would say whatever the Chinese version of goodbye is, you know. Um, it, hey! It, it, no, that's, that's Japanese. Japanese. Well, they already have that. Like, my impression is that they're going to have, like, a custom small world doll who says your name. Yeah, right, right. Oh, right. wow. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I don't I know I was thinking that. it was a voiceover. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. Because they already have the signs up there. It says goodbye in yeah. every language that there is. Um, yeah. I, I, my understanding was that you would be able to go home, create your own custom doll, and then on a screen, that doll would appear and say, goodbye, Kevin, or goodbye, Eli, or however it would work out. I mean, basically, the doll addresses you by name. That's mm-hmm. kind of creepy. It, that's what I'm saying. You know, I know like there's a lot of talk about, okay, kids will meet Mickey or yeah. Cinderella and they'll just automatically know your kid's name. Like, oh, hi, Lillian. It's so good to see you. Well, yeah. you know, thank you for coming and, and about how magical that would be. But I don't know that I want them messing with attractions and, and saying people's names. And attra- I don't know that I want that. I, see, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get the doll thing from when I read the article about it. I, I, I heard that like on, that, yeah. you know, it's funny. I heard that on Jim Hill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the most recent episode in which he said that the what, what are they calling it now? Story maker. Story maker. Yeah. Uh, that the story maker thing is pretty much dead. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm a big Jim Hill fan, but it wasn't a good week. Right. right. To, <laughs> somebody wrote in a question saying, "Hey, what's going on with that?" And he's like, "Well, and and to be fair, he said, my guess is it's dead. Right. You're not going to see that anymore." And then I guess like maybe a day or so after they released the show, the news comes out that the story maker thing is going to be going into effect. Well, he stands corrected. So, but yeah. I, again, I'm I'm just not a big fan of people like like okay, small world. Everyone's like, oh, that's cool. The little final scene mm-hmm. in small world, they may say your name. But like, if I'm riding through haunted mansion and I'm going through that scene where Madame Leota is in the <laughs> ball and she's like serpent and spiders Daniel. and tails of a rat. Whoa. Shout out to Joe Whoa. wherever you're at. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Pour some liquor on the ground for him. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would freak me out somewhat. I, I don't want to have them take me out of the moment because they're doing stuff like that. It's like a more advanced My Pal Mickey. Can I tell you the one time it might be cool, though? The one time it might be cool? Oh, What's please that? do. Uh, you're sitting in the, the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> <laughs> Barack okay. Obama stands up to speak and he says, My fellow Americans, we may come from different places and believe different things. <laughs> But we all want to wish Debbie and Sue a happy fifth anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> now, that would be cool. I might stand up and salute on <laughs> yeah, that one. Wouldn't you, like, everyone would break out in applause if animatronic Barack wished happy anniversary. And he led the happy birthday song. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be fun. Until, like, animatronic Donald Trump does the same thing. I don't know. Are nope. you for, you're forecasting in the future? <laughs> I don't, you know. You're, you're voting Trump? Is I'm mad voting Trump. All right, I just. It's all speculation. It's I just, you know, you just, you know, it's a storytelling thing. It's a comic book thing. You see a story and then, like, you see it in reverse. You never know. Yeah. But then, like, you know, you know how much um, work it would probably take to make that toupee happen and 
Now you just take some of the hair off the orangutans and the, uh, <laughs> shave it off your butt. Yeah, exactly. you put it right out of here. And just blow it with a I, fan. I, I just and imagine be like the toupee gets up and starts talking. Is <laughs> <laughs> that animatronic, animatronic toupee. toupee? Oh, it's a Trump advanced, Yeti. How yeah. about that? You know that that, that Yeti. Yeti works. Trump Yeti. Hashtag Trump Yeti. There you go. Be there famous go. again. That's how we do. It. I don't even think they should be calling the story maker or, or, or whatever they call it. I think they should be calling it like. Because all this is is like, hey, sing, say your name. So this is this should be like shout out plus. Yeah. This isn't story maker. This is shout out plus. Shout out plus. <laughs> shout like out plus. It. You get wish you well, happy birthday, whatever it is. But I mean, story maker. Hopefully, there's more to it. I'd like to. I'd like to know that story yeah. maker is like one of those things where you go home. It's like my memory maker, and they've taken your pictures and they've conducted like a story. And Mickey's like, oh gosh, let's see yeah. where the Stoke family went this week. Well, just like, just like it says, it's nothing like Lee said earlier. That this is hasn't been confirmed by Dizzy, so a lot of it has to be taken as speculation. So for all we know, um, is pretty much what has been released. And so there could be more to this. And who I knows? hope there is more. So mm-hmm. you know, I can only hope. Like I said, like you said, we can only hope that there's more to the story maker than what people have been reporting. So is there is there any attraction y'all would like a little shout out on? Is is y'all have anything? Uh, I, I wouldn't mind Steven Tyler's in Rock and Roller Coaster say so. <laughs> yeah, that, that one that might that might be cool. Lee, anything? Oh man! Thank I, you for you... rocking with us, Kevin and Lee and Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks yeah. for not turning your head wow. and flying at ninety <laughs> miles an <laughs> hour. Rock and roll. <laughs> Walk this way to the gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll soon to find out, man. We'll see in the near, very near future how this goes. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're wrapped up with a hub, man. And so enough of my jibber-jabber. We're going to hey, head Kevin, on to the hub. Can we just, before we wrap this segment up, do you mind if I just grab something to eat real quick? Just a snack, M&M something real quick? Uh, sure. All yeah. right, thanks. Fellow Moeekins, ladies and gentlemen, we present to you a man who owned his own online tiki bar sign business, Perry Arts. If you're looking for that crowning touch to your tiki bar, this is the person to talk to. However, adding to the decor of your own tiki bar is not the reason why we have this gentleman on our show today. 21 years is the time this person spent at Walt Disney Imagineering. And over those 21 years, he worked as production artisan, production designer, art director, concept director, and show designer. He worked on most of the large Imagineering projects, including one of my personal favorites, Dinosaur, in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yes, he worked in animatronics, but in addition to all this, well, let me allow me to throw out some familiar names. Maelstrom, Disneyland Paris, or Your Disney as it was referred to in the beginning. Beastly Kingdom, Tokyo Disney Sea, just to name a few. Before all this, however, he was a Disney fan through his high school and college years, much like myself and the rest of my cohorts, as well as many of you listening. Except the path gave him the opportunity to fulfill many a Disney fan's dream, which is to become an, a Disney Imagineer. Fellow Moeekins, ladies and gentlemen, enough of my jibber-jabber. I present to you former Disney Imagineer Paul Torrigino. <laughs> My goodness, what an honor. Uh, what, a, what a great intro. How'd you find all that stuff out? Oh, just research. <laughs> yeah, online, just, I guess, huh? Yeah, just reading as much stuff as I could find. I mean, when I heard we had on a show, I just, you know, I, I like to research stuff and just read things and... One thing led to another, and I discovered the whole dinosaur thing, so that really piqued my interest, so I started looking for that. You like that, huh? I do. I do like <laughs> dinosaur. I'm, I'm maybe one of the few for some reason, but at least in the, in the fan universe, but I, I, I love that ride. I love the ride system and the fact that we even it's have cool that ride, ride system. Yeah, oh, it is. Uh, it's the same as Indiana Jones. They developed it for Indiana Jones, right. and then 
We used it on the dinosaur ride, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember ride. when uh, that attraction came out, and I was like, oh, God, I hope we get that over here. And then, you know, they, they, and then all of a sudden I heard about Dinosaur and they said something about similar ride system as Indiana Jones. I'm like, oh, yes. There we go. Countdown to Extinction. Awesome. You know, <laughs> I still call it CTS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still when call it CTS. When we first developed that ride, let's see, it, yeah, it was uh, Countdown to Extinction. Yeah. And then they wanted us to tie it into a film they were doing yeah. called Dinosaur. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that, that changeover. Next big thing. Uh, well, it didn't turn out to be. But anyway, that's why the ride is named Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, and, and on the vehicles, they still have CTX written on the back, which is uh, it makes me happy because I, I still like to call it Countdown to Extinction because, you know, I wasn't... Very like, good. Yeah, but, I wasn't down with that whole synergy thing that just <laughs> Eisner wanted to do with uh, tying a movie to a attraction and this, that, and the other. I was like, you know, I like... Yeah, I like yeah, uh, that's what happened. But the the vehicles were a lot of fun, and I designed them, uh, let's see, and it was based on... The Moon Rover, I took bits and pieces, you know, visually. Okay. And put those on the, re-themed that Indiana Jones chassis. You're right. You know? Oh, God, you know, you Fun. can see that. Now, now you say that, you're right. You can see the little, little elements of the Moon Rover within the vehicles themselves. It's kind of neat, because when wow. you see footage of the Moon Rover, you always see, like, the independent suspension and all uh-huh. that kind of business, independent of the chassis itself. And then, you know, that's what kind of like what the, the ride vehicle is. It's like, you know, the, 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 the wheels and stuff are independent of the movement of the chassis. Mm-hmm. That's kind of wild. We got kind of deep on that ride, but I love that. <laughs> I, love that. I love that ride, man. I was going to ask you, prior to uh, the inclusion of Dinosaur into that ride, I mean, was it always going to be a dinosaur-based ride? It was just like that film just happened to come out at a time where you're like, okay, well, it'll be about this dinosaur. You know, I think the reason that they went with a dinosaur ride is um, – well, the Beastly Kingdom was canceled, and right after Beastly Kingdom was canceled, I think it was Joe that said, uh, you know, we want to do a dinosaur ride. And at the time, Jurassic Park came out, so dinosaurs were a big thing, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I think that's the reason. So, all right, you said Beastly Kingdom, that's the magic word for me. That is my favorite uh, attraction that never got built, and I've been fascinated uh, with it ever since I saw it. And I got part of what's so special about having you on the show is that I, I found out that you were the one who actually did this artwork, the beautiful rendition of the land itself, where you can see everything. You can see Fantasia Gardens, you can see Dragon's Tower, you can see um, Loch Ness Landing. That was you, correct? Yeah, that was the the overall painting. Oh gosh, that was fun. And I remember how did, how the heck did I do that? I think they gave me the plans of the land, mm-hmm. and then I had to work them out in perspective. And that's how I laid it out, and then I just started painting. And, of course, there were different designers on each section of the land, and I'd work with them getting the details. But, oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a very tough – yeah, I'm looking at it, That's a very tough shot to pull off, just to, like you said, the perspective in it, because it's like you can see everything. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, – and I forget how big it was. I, I want to say, oh, I don't know, maybe three feet – by a foot and a half or two feet, something like that. But can you see the Loch Ness Monster? Do you have the picture with you? Yes, I'm looking <laughs> yeah, right yeah. at it. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I loved, that was my idea, having the Loch Ness Monster, and that was the Loch Ness Lagoon there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea was that the thing, every 10 minutes or so, it would appear in the water, you know, and every, people would be able to see the Loch Ness Monster. And then there was a restaurant right near it uh and i think it was based on stonehenge from what i recall Mm. 
that was is that like Loch Ness Landing? Is that what that was? The That's it. Loch Ness Landing. That's it. I gotta tell yeah. you, when I first saw this try that my I'm a I'm a huge Loch Ness Monster fan, so that was the first thing my eyes were drawn to, and I'm like, is that what I think it is? Because my wife and like our last trip, we went to Europe. I was begging her, I wanted to go to Loch Ness. And oh just, my! <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Come on!" And she, and she just thinks I'm ridiculous because she thinks the Loch Ness monster is a stick, which it might well be. I don't know. <laughs> she might have cared for you, man. I want you to get eaten by. <laughs> I, well, it, I would have been famous then. That's true. Yeah, verified sighting and eating of the Loch Ness monster. But <laughs> <laughs> um, if I can ask you a quick question, like before the whole sure. Imagineering thing, I read somewhere that you were a Disney fan, much like the rest of us. Very um, much so. Was there any aspect of it? Was it a parks thing, or was it a movies thing, or was it the whole thing? Or well, like what 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 was like um, your passion about Disney? Parks. It was the parks. It was the, the park. parks. Definitely the parks. So we, when I was a kid, it was the mid '60s, mm-hmm. and Walt Disney was on that show every week, every Sunday, mm-hmm. and he would show films of Disneyland. You know how they built things, the rides, and all right. that stuff. And I was fascinated. I was in Northern California, so I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe there are actually people in this world that are doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And when I went to visit Disneyland, I was, you know, back in the 60s. Yeah. That was the prime time of Disneyland and uh, made a big impact on me. So I was a big fan. So I used to build uh, little models. of. I did a model of the Haunted Mansion. I did one of the Treehouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did one of uh, something else. I don't remember, but I use those as part of my portfolio along with the architectural model stuff and the other design stuff that I did mm-hmm. when I applied for the job. And it all helped. Right. You know, right. it all helped. Yeah. Um, did you ever want to work in the park when, when you were younger then? Is like, there's something, oh, if no. I could be that. Attra- no, uh, never. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. So, <laughs> I mean, I love being in the park in those days, mm-hmm. but I didn't really want to work in the park. I, I loved the design of everything you know right. i love to i wanted to design stuff Went you know when it. i got hired at imagineering it was really luck and timing it really was i happened to be in la for a uh, architectural model job i was working at architectural model shops mm-hmm. and imagineering put an ad in the la times wanting model makers how rare is that you don't wow. see that anymore <laughs> yeah. so i went and i interviewed and by golly i got the job Started out in the model shop. Oh, that's cool. Is that where a lot of Imagineers got started at, was in the model shop? Because I know you said Joe Rohde was there as well. Uh, I like- believe so. Yeah, Joe was there. Uh, yeah, a lot of old-time Imagineers started out in the model shop. Um, in those days, it was like a stepping stone to other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it still is. But, um, oh, yeah, the model shop. Everything was going on there. Um, well, at the time though, when they hired me, the Epcot model was going on it was huge mm-hmm. i think they spent a million dollars on that model but we were all working on first thing they put me on was communicore which was the central building of epcot uh, the big circular building i remember the communicores i thought that was very very cool it was like, great that model shop was a hub of activity you know there were show models here and there and and uh, all centered around the big uh, architectural model of the the whole the whole park so how does it work? Like, so do y'all get concept art from other artists and you're like, okay, well now we, we have to build this or do y'all just go ahead and say, okay, we're, we're working towards an attraction. Let me, uh, let me put something together that we think would make a good show scene. Well, it, it worked both ways. 
generally they would have uh, art directors that were in charge of a, a land or a pavilion or something, and then they would have uh, different people that worked with them. They would have model makers. They would have uh, show set designers. Um, a lot of times, us in the model shop, the design art directors would come down and uh, say, well, here's an idea. You know, we want to do a ride based on, for instance, Norway Pavilion. And, uh, you know, and we want to start out with a scene that has the scenery of Norway. And then as a model maker, you would just block out the thing, start sculpting some rock work and, you know, take it from there. And you'd meet with the art director every day or so, and they'd make changes or whatever. You developed it like that. And then uh, every, oh, every couple of weeks to a month, you would have reviews with some of the executives and head designers, and they would make changes or give you the thumbs up, you know, so it went like that. And and when you got done with the, the model, did you go into figure finishing after that? Was that where you went? Did I you- did. I did. I, I kind of bounced back and forth. I was uh, started in the model shop and then, uh, went over to uh, Tahunga Production Facility, which was show production, where all the show production was happening. So there was uh, set construction, prop construction, scenic painting, uh, animatronic figure finishing, um, everything. The scenes were being put together and staged over there before they disassembled everything and shipped them off to Florida. And at the same time, they were doing Tokyo Disneyland, the first one. Mm-hmm. So we okay. had all that going on too in that one building. Wow, that's full. That's and, awesome. And uh, and then after that wound down, I ended up back in the model shop, and there was a lot less people after all those projects. But <laughs> then they gave me the Norway Pavilion, from what I recall, mm-hmm. the Nor- ride in Norway. I was a production designer on that Maelstrom. Yeah, yeah, and so that yeah, I built the whole model of the ride. I was pretty much a loner on that. Uh, of course, I had art director and I had a, a producer, mm-hmm. you know, and they were great. They worked with me every day. And mm-hmm. then we'd have reviews with, um, you know, the bosses and uh, yeah. it went like that. And it was a, it was a cool ride eventually. I mean, uh, in the beginning it was, the theme was it was going to be a troll ride, very whimsical mm-hmm. and uh, more of a fantastic fantasy kind of a ride and they brought in the Sherman Brothers to come and write a little tune, and I was thrilled because I'm big fa- was big fans of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. And I, and they came in and they sung a little song, and I was just you know I mean how can you not love it? But uh, as the project went along, they presented it to the Norwegian sponsors, and they wanted more of a travelogue to show uh, what Norway was really like. You know, mm-hmm. more of a travelogue thing. They didn't think an entire ride based on trolls would do it. So uh, that's when the the troll ride got scrapped. And there did end up to be trolls in the ride, but not a complete troll ride, you know. Was, and the Sherman Brothers song was out. I was about to say, does that song never heard saw the light of day then? So, never saw the light of day. And I think, I don't even know if they wrote it down. They just yeah. sang it. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, just the once from what I recall. Mm-hmm. So like the original ride, like what the trolls were going to bring you through. Nor- I mean, it was just hosted by trolls. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I mean, it was like a cartoon troll, uh, ride on the, uh, Norwegian troll legends, you know? And then when it got changed, it was more about the history of Norway, starting with the Vikings, 
Um, and then it did have some troll uh, lore in, in it. We had a big troll scene there where there was a three-headed troll. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, he was mm, yeah. a big three-headed troll. And he uh, did some magic, and they had a lot of fiber optics in the yeah. above you. And it sent the boat off backwards. That's right. It sent the boat off backwards. <laughs> back, back, Like, back. magically. And then you, I don't know, you saw polar bears, mm-hmm. and, and then you did another turn with another troll, and you ended up in a big storm with oil rig. Oh, boy, the special effects were great in that. Yeah. Um, thunder and lightning and, a, you know, big storm. Yeah, and then yeah. there was a little Norwegian fishing village at the end where you got off of the boat uh, before you went into a, a theater where they showed a film about Norway. And uh, the little fishing village was a lot of fun. I did a lot of research on the architecture of Norway. Mm-hmm to put that together yeah that looked great a lot of work yeah it was a, a lot, lot of work. work well out of curiosity was there anything from the original concept that that would made it into the the oh i, would, I was going to say current ride but it's no longer there right but uh the ride that came to be was there anything that we uh, we would have noticed that no, uh, not really really not really it was it was really pretty vague mm. it was um like i said blocky and maybe a few pictures right nothing finished now the the end scene where you go through the okay so if i'm following the story right like so you go back into the past as you're going up, and it says... Uh, you're not the first to pass this way. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you're jogging my memory. And oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. Did it's you a great ride. Job. It's a great ride. I loved it. Did you write those yeah, lines? Yeah, I liked it, too. I was very happy. It, it was ran for like 20 years, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. And there was a website of some people that were fans of it. It yeah. was like a fan website uh, for that ride. Oh, absolutely, oh. man. I, I thought it was... I mean, I remember it being one of the things, uh, like one of, I guess one of the first attractions where it sent the guest backwards, mm-hmm. and that was like one yeah. of the biggest things so. that people talked yeah. about, and it was like, what, really? Hmm. You know, yeah, they send you backwards almost like you're going to fall off the falls. Yes. You know, and I thought that was cool, and, and then also then, you know, the trolls come out, and then they save you from the falls, but they toss you in the depths of the North Sea, you know, in the storm-ridden sea. Well, that was going to be my question, yeah. so when they toss you into the depths of the North Sea, and you're in the <laughs> middle of the storm... Are you arriving present day through the maelstrom? Is that what the end scene there was meant to represent? Yes, wow. because there was a before you, as you were making the turn to go forward again from backwards, there was a troll in the rock who becomes animated. Yeah, and I guess he was uh, making the magic stop, you know, and sending you back to the present. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the dialogue. But you sure know the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We've wrote it enough times. We definitely know that show. I, I was kind of curious. Do, do the Norwegian sponsors walk through and they say, okay, you got four trolls. You can only have two trolls. <laughs> and no. I go, three no, trolls. <laughs> okay, no? No. I think they, um, at, at early meetings, they, um, you know, made a deal with uh, the bosses, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wasn't in any of those meetings. Mm-hmm. And when I was... I was in uh, on the site there in Florida for about a year mm. during the construction of the thing, and no, I don't remember having any Norwegian uh, <laughs> sponsors. Um, they came at the end for the grand opening, right. you know, and I guess they liked it. It was turned out really nice. The whole land was beautiful. Oh, yeah, it, was it was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I mean, pavilion, not land. Pavilion, yeah. Just, right. Did you have anything to do with the movie that ended up the end of the tr- uh, at the end of the movie? No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were uh, film film producers that that did that, and I, I don't know 
anything about how the process was. No, yeah. that movie was frightening as a, as a child. I mean, it was very dark. You, know, you weren't really quite sure what was going on. It almost read like a, like a, a horror movie at first, and all of a sudden it lightens up at the very end. Yeah. But I remember... Really? It, yeah. I don't it, remember much of it. <laughs> I used to skip through the... Um, through the theater to avoid the yeah. film, you know, yeah, at the uh, end when I was riding the ride after it opened. Yeah, you're not the only one to do, do that. that. <laughs> when, when the people were exiting, if you wanted to skip the film and get out, you can just do that. I remember when I first rode that ride, you, there was no way to escape because they had closed the exit doors yeah. first. Oh, so you had to watch the film. And then when yeah. I've come back subsequent years, they just left both sets of doors open and people were just going through and stuff. I remember yeah. being bummed out, like, because they were making me leave the fishing village. I was having fun exploring... The fishing village, and they're like, now go see the movie. It's like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to see more. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. very flattering. That was a lot of fun building that. And uh, yeah, we built it from scratch right there in, on site. Oh, wow. It was a really neat, uh, you know, you had the North Sea, and then all of a sudden you end up in the next scene, which is the fishing village. That's, yeah. that's the thing yeah. that caught me, because it's like, you're in this crazy North Sea business, it's all dark and stormy and waves, and you're getting wet. And all of a sudden, you got the peaceful da 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 da, and then, you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the music going. Oh, you sure know voice. it. Oh, well, I love that ride. <laughs> yeah, I love that ride, man. I miss. I'll miss it. I, I love that ride. Did y'all sneak in any hidden details in into that attraction that we that the rest of us might not have noticed at first? Well, I know the scenic painters snuck their portraits into the main mural that was in the load area. They um. Uh, Oh, and that big, that big, that giant the big one. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. one guy was holding a ship's wheel, and yeah. he was the head scenic painter. And then there was another Viking, and you know they they modeled it on their own faces. <laughs> I've seen uh, those faces. Snuck, like... <laughs> snuck isn't a real word, isn't it? But uh, put <laughs> a works. few um, a few hidden Mickey's in there, and I really don't. That was before the hidden Mickey thing became so popular. Yeah. Like, okay, put a Mickey Mouse. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Those, the faces that you're talking about, it's like I think I probably have them ingrained in my head just because waiting in line and going through the switchbacks, you know, oh, all, sure, all you got yeah. to look is those faces. So I can see the face, the dude with the beard and everything else and the, the, the Norwegian cruise line looking person yes. stuff. You yeah, know, it, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. I remember it very well. <laughs> I can see it right now as we're talking about it. Like, no kidding. Actually, I remember hearing, like, isn't your birthday one of the addresses on in the fishing village? Oh gosh, could be. <laughs> Are you? Were you born on January the twenty ninth? By golly! <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. I know more about his life than he does. <laughs> didn't even. I didn't. I. I do recall that now that you bring it up. But I. Gosh, I forgot all about that. Isn't that something? That's awesome. Yeah. Not that anybody knew. Well, I guess you knew. How did you <laughs> find that out? Uh, just doing research on you, I read what you wrote about the uh, Maelstrom, and I saw that little detail in there. Uh, I also saw that you had a temper tantrum with John Hinch, which I thought was hysterical, <laughs> where you got mad because they had they had painted the um, the returns, wasn't it, that they, they painted? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> that was about <laughs> the returns, because I did careful research on how they painted buildings in Norway, mm -hmm. and... And all the pictures I saw, they did not paint the returns. They, uh, what they were, were like the window frames were uh, done in bright colors. And they never painted the returns. Hmm. Well, um, so I made sure that they didn't paint the returns on the, in, the, in the little village. And then one night, John, 
or one morning when I wasn't there, John Hench came in and told him <laughs> to paint all the returns. So what are you going to do? You know, he, I guess he knew what he was doing. He was the head guy. Oh, wow. I just thought it was funny that you had worked so hard to preserve that, and then they just came in while you were gone and painted it, and you're like, who told you to do this? <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. And then there was another, there was another incident where um, the fishing village, we wanted it to look like it had some age to it. Mm-hmm. So I worked for a couple of days with the painters on trying to get it to look dirty, but not dirty. You know what I mean? So right. it was aged, but still looked kind of you know, nice and clean. I I said, I remember telling him, I said, think of a little Norwegian lady coming in and scrubbing these buildings every morning, but there would still be some little bit of dirt in the, you know, that's how particular that uh, we got. And uh, so I did, I was very careful with it. And then another art direct, one of the other head guys, I won't mention the name, that was based in Florida, came in again one morning. <laughs> had him repaint all the aging I did. Oh. Oh, there's a reason for that, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a re- well, that's the Disney way. You know, I was young. I was learning. Mm-hmm. I think I was 28, 28 years old, wow. so somewhere in there. Didn't we also almost get, like, real lightning at the end oh, of Oh, my. We sure did. We, um, let's see, we had a wonderful special effects people. And this was when in Glendale, when we were developing everything Mm -hmm. and they brought in some guy who was a lightning expert and he, they had a a simulator building. And when I say that it was a building uh, that they used for the star tours, uh, vehicles when they first were building them, but this was before the vehicles went in, they built the building to work on the star tours. And, um, they staged this huge uh, pedestal with a big metal globe on top, like mm-hmm. something out of Frankenstein's laboratory. <laughs> and they had us all come in and look at this demonstration of how he was going to create lightning. And this thing shot out these lightning bolts, like 20 feet across the room, big lightning bolts. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. We've got to do this. And then, and then they said, there's no way you can do it. You're going to electrocute people. They're in the water. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, wow. you know, but it's, it's like part of the experimentation and exploration that special effects people do. You know, they look at every option. I thought it was wonderful. I don't think they ever did use it in the ride, uh, <laughs> that, in any yeah, ride. Yeah, I didn't even see that. That would have been incredible, though. Was it Very a lethal cool. dose of electricity? Because some people might have taken the electricity for that killer finale. Yeah. <laughs> It was shocking. <laughs> to say the least, right? <laughs> it really was. It was It was uh, very loud, you know, and very bright. Oh, wow. Like, wow. like the lightning. And it always reminded me of Frankenstein's laboratory. Ah, you're right. <laughs> it was, the whole project was fun. It was a great project from start to finish, really. Yeah. No, it was, it, it. I loved it. I loved it. I will forever miss it. But, oh, yeah. You know, I guess it's the, it's the way things go. But, yeah, yeah. it's, it's oh, great. Yeah. Well, it had a good run. It yeah. had a very good run. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I was going to ask you about speak, uh, speaking of all that. I mean, what do you, what is your thoughts on Frozen coming into the Norway Pavilion, and even on a broader scope, uh, more characters going into the uh, World Showcase? Because now you, you had the three Caballeros take over where the uh, El Rio de Tampa used to be, mm-hmm. and then Frozen has come in and taken over uh, N- Norway. Is really, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you like that they're introducing more characters in there? Would you prefer to keep it more cultural and? True to the I don't region. know. It's a, it's a different thing today, you know, and uh, I guess they know what they're doing. Those K- 
characters are very popular. And I tell you, I love that Frozen movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. We saw it in 3D when it first came out. Just beautiful. All the details and everything. Absolutely loved it. And mm -hmm. it's probably one of the most popular films they ever did. So I'm sure that whatever ride they come up with is going to be great. You know, I'm hoping it's just going to be great. I think it's going to be beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a blockbuster now that we look at it coming out, you know, when it first came out. It just hit like gangbusters. One more question, uh, going back to the World Showcase for, for a split second. Now, okay, so we, we saw what we got with Mexico and then with Norway, which is beautiful. Working in the model shop right around that time, were there ever any other attractions in the works for the World Showcase? Or was Mexico... Any more uh, countries, you mean? Yeah, like, like yeah. Germany. I heard that there was supposed to be a ride going back in Germany. Did you ever get to see anything being built? Oh, yeah. Or, you know, models constructed for those? Any ride for Germany. I don't recall anything. I do recall an African pavilion. Yeah. And oh. I remember seeing a model. A friend of mine was working on it. Um, it was a model of... It was like a big uh, diorama with African animals. Mm, uh, okay. You know, it was kind of kind of beautiful. Yeah. It had a big African landscape that you walked in, and there was a sunset and a bunch of animals. I don't know the story of it or anything, but wow. uh, that would have been nice. I, I don't <laughs> remember if it was a walkthrough or a ride, but yeah, they were planning an African pavilion early on. Yeah. But it just and out. I I don't know what the story was. No, well, now that you have a whole African section in Animal Kingdom, you really don't need an African yeah, pavilion anymore, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it'll forever stay the refreshment outpost now. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, and I, I say it again, you know, Joe Rohde, he's just a genius. I, he did amazing with that park. It was all his concept and idea, and he sold it, and he's, he's just amazing. And I worked with him from way back, and I can't say enough good things about how talented he is. But that Africa area... He stressed that he wanted it to be a contemporary representation of the country where, um, you know, in the beginning, he thought, you know, Africa, what are they going to do? Like a fantasy Dr. Doolittle kind of thing, <laughs> right, you know, right, or right. something. But he was very insistent that it be the way he wanted it, the current Africa. And he's very well traveled. You know, he travels all over the world. Yeah. So he really knows stuff. And it was beautiful the way they did it, all the aging of the buildings and the theming and everything just just uh, amazing i when i saw it for the first time i was like wow <laughs> so this is what africa's like it was really cool it's yeah it's really neat yeah Joe, joe's attention to detail is pretty pretty well known yeah just watching interviews him when they were talking about uh expedition everest when he was doing that with the mount everest based attraction and you know him going sending imagineers to the villages in nepal and all that kind of yeah. business to catch the all the little lures and stories of the yeti and then all the little things that they would do like the flags that they have hanging and all the just the, the little details and stuff. Uh, you, know, you could just tell it was, it was just you know every little bit kind of. It's almost like the like the Bob Fosse, but in the Imagineering <laughs> world. Like if you're familiar with Bob Fosse with choreography, yeah. you know every little bit of choreography they did. He accounted for every little bit finger, which how it was positioned, your leg, and all this. I do a lot of musical theater, so I'm familiar <laughs> with this. But you know, yeah, it was, it was so it was kind of kind of like that thing with the attractions. Every little bit was accounted for. Yeah, he's very. Um very much detail oriented and plus he knows the big picture you know yeah. and he they do a lot of traveling for all these projects to do research and it really really makes a difference it seems to me like he, he's got a real knack because he also did a lonnie 
mm-hmm. uh, the resort in in Hawaii, and uh, he's got a mm-hmm. real knack for creating these immersive environments that takes into account the the culture and the regional traditions of the land that he's trying to to help recreate, or in the case of Hawaii, helping you kind of get the whole story. Yeah, that's you know, where he's, he's from, from Hawaii. He's from Hawaii. So, uh, oh, he I, had a, you know, that was his home. Yeah. So he, he had a love for it. All right, well, let's move. Can we move ahead to Beastly Kingdom here? I'd, I'd like to know how you got started working on that. Speaking of Joe Rody. Oh, well, he, he, he picked the designers that worked on the project, and I had just got back from France because uh, I was on that project, you know, the Paris Disneyland. And let's see, and I had known him from before. We worked together in the model shop years earlier. Plus, we also worked at show production at the same time. So he knew me from way back, you know. Mm-hmm. So he picked me to work on the Beastly Kingdom project. And I, when I heard about what it was, I was thrilled. My God, you couldn't ask for a better, more fun project. Right. And it was at the very beginning. And the concept of the thing came from Joe, of course. And he had ideas about what he wanted for each section of the land. And then he would staff designers to flesh out the ideas, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got the evil side of the of the land, which was fine with me. Yeah. So the Dragon <laughs> Tower and what else was there? The Loch Ness area. I don't even remember what else there was. And then there was the good side of the park. And I remember the entrance, I mean, not the park, the land. The entrance of the land was Mother Goose Shop or something. Okay, yeah. What are we- a good friend of mine was designing that. She did a beautiful job. Everybody did a beautiful job. Everybody on that project just, I think, just put their heart into it. It was uh, really a fun project. So it was all about fairy tales. It was about mythical animals, you know, mm-hmm. because the park at the beginning was representing all phases of the animal kingdom. You know, there was, right. you know, African animals. There was prehistoric animals. There was... Um, uh, fantastic animals. Mm-hmm. Beastly Kingdom, I remember how they spelled it. It was B-E-A-S-T-L-I-E-K-I-N-G, mm-hmm. wait, King, D-O-M-M-E. Yeah. Kind of spelled in the old way. They had a, a writer who was uh, very knowledgeable with old-time mm-hmm. uh, English, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Well, as needless to say, I know at least amongst us here, it's like that's a land that we would have loved to see come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. We were disappointed when they um, when they canceled the thing, and I have no idea why. You know, no idea. I wasn't privy to any of those meetings. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I do remember it was the week of the Northridge quake, so I can remember the day. Uh, the date uh-huh. when they canceled Beastly Kingdom, and uh, you know, so I had a, I had a big earthquake, oh. and then they canceled the project. So it was kind of sad. Yeah. But then, the same day when they canceled the project, Joe came to me and he said, "Well, how would you like to do a dinosaur ride instead of the Beastly Kingdom?" Right. And I was like, "Oh my God, I love dinosaurs! <laughs> oh gosh!" So so it was like from one thing to the other. But I did love that Beastly Kingdom. So you were talking about there being an evil side. Can you explain what you meant by that? Well, it was more like the dark side. You know, in all the fairy tales, there's, there's a good and there's evil. 
Mm-hmm. And the good side was the unic- quest for the unicorn was a maze that we're going to do. And then we had, oh, Fantasia Gardens. It was a boat ride. Mm-hmm. I okay. remember that. Mm-hmm. And that was the good side. And then the evil side was the dragon tower was the big, the main thing. I know some things, and I, I, there's one thing in particular. I, well, it's two things in particular I've been dying to ask you about, but pertaining to the evil side of the, of the, of the realm, I want to ask you about there's a certain bridge that you would cross over into that that I saw in the artwork. Cause remember, the Billy Goat the Bridge. Billy Goat Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. Thank Billy you. Bridge, yes. And there was going to be, I wanted to have three little Billy Goats under the bridge <laughs> that the kids could see. And I had in mind these French goats that have these curly horns. I thought they were just charming, like mm-hmm. something out of a fairy tale. So that's what that was going to be. Now, would there have been a troll involved? Would we have heard the troll? No troll. No, no troll. troll. So it was just uh, nope. a little throwback Maybe to Maybe signs of a troll, but we didn't <laughs> plan any troll. Nope, just the little billy goats for the kids to look at. Oh, that would have been neat. Okay, and the second question I've been dying to ask you about, uh, ever since I've seen it, in the, in the middle of this beautiful artwork that you did, Featured quite prominently in, and I guess what I would call the hub of Beastly Kingdom is what you mentioned before, the Mother Goose shop. Yes. What yes. was that supposed Was that like a restaurant? Was it a retail store? What was it supposed to be? Was it an attraction at all? I don't remember an attraction part of it. I think it was retail. I think it was retail. And I don't remember a restaurant in it. I think the restaurant was over at Loch Ness Landing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. And around it, like, there's all these woods uh, with these fairy lights in there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at the beginning, right? Yes, yes. Trying to walk through this magical wood. And it was Joe's idea, and I don't remember much more. Yeah, there were fairy lights. I don't know what the deal was there. Okay. Didn't flesh it out too much. So, like, at the point in time where you did this this painting, which pretty much gives you an overview of the land, and this painting... You know, it was in since the world began. It was in the making of the animal kingdom as the as the coming attraction. How finalized is the concept? Is this what y'all are going with, or is this still very much in flux? You know, uh, like could the ideas have changed before? I mean, have y'all built models of this yet? Or um, oh yes, we were going forward as if it was a reality. I was, wow. you know, we were all thinking that this was actually going to happen, and there was a model. There was there were several models. There was one small model that was on the overall land model that was over in the bowling alley building where we all worked. And then there was a huge model of Beastly Kingdom over in the old Maple building. And it was, it was a huge building. And I mean, a huge model. And I want to say, I'm looking at my room here, trying to say 20 or 30 feet across. Mm -hmm. And it was up on platforms, like three feet off the ground. You could get up and kneel on it to work on the buildings oh, wow. I, don't, wow. I don't remember the scale but it was a big solid model i mean it was be- it was good it wasn't completely finished by the t- when they turned the project off i want to say the buildings were blocked out on it and a lot of the details little bridges and things were made and uh and i was working on interiors for the dragon ride mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah, we were we were thinking it was really going to happen. Yeah, it was it was pretty far along, and I even had uh, a show set uh, person, a wonderful girl I used to work with, and she was drawing up the designs uh, for um, you know building drawings, 
and based on the models that I made. Mm-hmm. So I would make the models, and then she would do drawings, dimensional drawings of them. It was a fun little project. The um, I remember the whole story of the Dragon Tower ride was there was an old castle that was dilapidated and show signs of ruin, and it was a roller coaster ride going through it. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that there was a band of funny bats that wanted to steal gold from this dragon that was hoarding gold. Right. So in the pre-show, when you're we're in the queue area, you were going through all these funky little rooms of the castle, and you would see bats that were really I based it on Mark Davis's style because I loved Mark Davis's style. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. there were all these funny little bats. Um, and you would get the story that you were gonna, they were gonna enlist your help to join them in this <laughs> uh, flight to go steal the gold from the dragon. And during the ride, you ended up in the big dragon chamber with the dragon uh, spewing fire, you know. And he was all encrusted with jewels, and he had big earrings of jewels, and the way Joe did, you know, he loves those big <laughs> earrings. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it was kind of based on him a little bit, but it was a funny. It was cartoon style. Uh-huh. I want to say it was more a cartoon style or stylized, you know, not realistic in any way. But good, good uh, stylization. You know, it was fun. Absolutely. And then, and uh, so you would just barely escape being roasted by the dragon, and right. and you'd go back into the load area on the roller coaster, and you'd pass, you know, knights, knights in armor that had been uh, burnt, and you know, against the walls. I don't remember all the funny. We had a lot of <laughs> gags in it, yeah. a lot of gags. And I remember the the load area was going to be the big grand hall of the castle. Okay. So there oh, was wow. going to be medieval furniture and, you know, trappings and tapestries and uh, all kinds of stuff. But it was going to be an ancient castle that had been neglected for many, many years. And so it, was, it was some good theming we could have done there. Was it always going to be in a castle or was it, uh, well, actually, that's a better question. A better question, I think, to ask you is, is like, OK, will you bring when you're brought on to this? Is Joe pretty much telling you we want a dragon roller coaster from there go nuts, or are you yes, just giving? Yes. Okay. It was Joe's idea to have from the beginning to have a dragon and a roller coaster and this big finale. You know. Okay. So that was all his his idea, and I think the bats were my idea. The whole idea, you know, you'd have to kind of come up with a story yeah. to make sense of everything. And like I said, I love the Mark Davis kind of characters and yeah. the, the little gags that he came up with. So that was my thing. And then I designed all the interiors and stuff. But he was mainly interested in the big picture. He would direct you. And then every week or every couple of days, we'd get together with him and he'd go over what we did and you know say yes or no, or I like this, or this doesn't work, or... Or and, and like I say, he was very detail oriented. Sometimes mm-hmm. he'd grab one of my drawings and, you know, just make little little changes. Say, make this spike on the dragon go in this direction. You know, I'm just <laughs> telling an example, but very detail oriented mm-hmm. and wonderful to work with. He was great, fun to work with, and he'd give you freedom. He gave people freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he uh, he liked people that could design things and mm-hmm. had talent. You know. But I tell you, the favorite, my favorite thing about the Dragon's Tower isn't the dragon, it's the bats. The bats are what, you know, sound like they would have been a whole lot of fun because 
That would have been like they would have been in the vein of like the Country Bears or Figment, where characters exactly that were- Country Bears. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> but looking like bats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And cr- characters that were created for the theme parks, not necessarily characters that were created in another film and brought into the theme parks, and brought to life. Uh, like old original. Prop. I can see right. my daughters wanting a plush bag. You know, I can see that. <laughs> too. I have to. I have to say, you brought up something there, and that was what was so unique and fun about this project mm-hmm. was it was totally original. It wasn't based on a film. It wasn't based on a franchise. It was going yes. to be. You know the the first thing, and then and then I suppose other things, merchandising or whatever, yeah. but would be made from this thing. The way they did the Country Bears, right? You know, that wasn't right. based on right. anything, yeah. um, or even Finn, and that's right? what yeah. was so wonderful about it was we had free reign with our imagination and and uh, came up with this stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I think they're more. Uh, it's more business oriented. I think you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm sensing. Yeah. And that's probably the reason they canceled the thing was because they wanted something more, uh, well, yes, they did the dinosaur ride after the movie. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Well, they renamed it, yeah. They renamed it. And we did incorporate some of the dinosaurs from the film. We were working with the people that were making the film. As they were making the film, we'd go over there and meet with them and, and, uh, They'd show us the designs for some of the creatures, and we use those in the ride. Yeah, you know, I'd be honest. I love that attraction, but, you know, I, I was a little upset when they changed the name of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't know it was all happening until I showed up one day at the park, and it was like, wait, wait, what, what name is this ride? <laughs> what, what is that statue dinosaur yeah. guy doing out and, front? And I tell you, that, that ride went through many, many design iterations, uh, many different stories uh, that evolved, you know. So did, did you yeah, things change, you know, that's showbiz. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, back to the dinosaur thing, like, you know, in, they have those pipes that run through the queue area with the, the, the chemical <laughs> yeah, with formulators, the, with the ketchup, yeah, mustard, yeah, mayonnaise. you got it. Did you have anything to do with that? Or was that <laughs> something, you know, because yeah, I know McDonald's. It was, it was, was it? kind of stupid. It was the formulas <laughs> oh, for mustard, mayonnaise, and ketchup, I think. <laughs> now, did you know that because McDonald's was a sponsor? or did you? Yeah. Just happen to, oh, no kidding. <laughs> That's crazy. It's a little inside silly thing. Oh, that's see, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. It's kind of like there was one of the things, like you know, going back to like we were talking about the bats. Like one of the things I read about the bats was that the bats would like wear like these little makeshift suits of armor, kind of like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. With the yeah. Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and I thought, oh my god, that is just brilliantly funny <laughs> mm-hmm. to have these like using dinner plates as like shields. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. We d- we did things like that. I came up with all that stuff. I wish I had the sketches, but I don't. Oh god, um, I wish you did too. I'd love to see it. But yeah, I remember doing uh, doing lots of. Uh, I was good at drawing those characters, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, coming up with little gags and things. It was fun. Let me ask you this, going back to uh, Beastly Kingdom for a, a quick second there. Um, like, was there ever any plans for, like, a Bigfoot or a Yeti? or Because we ultimately ended up getting a Yeti attraction, but uh, the, the Kraken, any, any kind of, um, any kind of, like, no. mysterious? No, just. No, not that I recall. It was the dragon was the big evil guy, and then, okay. and then we had the Loch Ness Monster oh. in the lagoon. But no, no Yeti. He came later. That would have been the picture to get. 
for the Loch Ness, like to have like the family photo with the Loch Ness monster in the background, <laughs> the picture how, spot. Yeah, how awesome would that? Oh, have I been? thought so. I thought so. And and the view from the Loch Ness Landing restaurant would look out over the lagoon, you know. So every ten minutes or so, the monster would come up, and everybody run over to get their pictures. I thought it would be a lot. Oh, that would have been, yeah. yeah. God, been oh, and I remember. Now I remember. Before the Loch Ness appeared, you would hear the distant sound of bagpipes. <laughs> oh. And then there would be like bubbles coming up in the water, and then the thing would surface <laughs> with bagpipe music in the background. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. And then there's another thing that I remember that I'll, I'll just uh, tell you about was the, the Dragon Tower itself was supposed to look like the dragon had been there for a long time. So mm-hmm. it had burn marks. Part of it was melted, mm-hmm. you know, very fantastic. And I remember thinking up a paint job for the thing, for the exterior of the thing. And you know, when you, when, when I was a kid, I, I was toting a soda bottle home from the market and I accidentally dropped it onto the hot asphalt. And I remember when that soda, bo- soda went across the asphalt, there was like rainbow iridescent stuff um, hmm. flowing over the asphalt. And that's what I wanted to do on the exterior of the building, like, like rainbow iridescent magical stuff dripping down from the, from the crenellations and things. Like dragon and, uh, slime that where the light would catch it and it looked like that? Or am I misreading You it? got it. That, yeah, that, that been cool. sounds like a good explanation. <laughs> but, Boom. <laughs> but I thought the idea was so cool, you know. And, oh, God, uh, yeah. But uh, we never got that far with the paint job. We built the model. I remember a model of the Dragon Tower, but um, we didn't get to the paint stage yet. I would oh, love to see those models wherever they are. You know, yeah. that, that's what's, you know, they, they have, whenever they have these conventions, they'll break out models, and I've yet to hear if they've ever broken out the models for Beastly Kingdom. I guess they only break out the models for the attractions that were built. Yeah. Or that I don't even know if they kept it. I really oh, don't. I mean, wow. they may have. I really don't know. That would be heartbreaking um, if they did. I doubt it. <laughs> Not even oh, Polaroids it. or pictures, man. Sure. It, was, yeah. it was a big old study model you know yeah. i i have no idea and i have never even seen pictures of it <laughs> i've been able to find a lot of concept art but yeah never a picture of the model that is never interesting. that no it's and funny because it was a cool they, model it really was there was a lot of people working on it yeah, yeah. they always say no no idea gets left behind or whatever or yeah. never gets uh, um, never gets unused like eventually they'll store it away and put it back so i'm, I'm hoping somewhere yeah. it's somewhere in a warehouse kind of like Indiana Jones and uh, Raider Lost Heart kind of thing. Well, like a little big, <laughs> it's in a crate. crate. Yeah. And then when they need an well, idea, they break it, it out. It, I know it's in Joe's mind, so if he has an idea to do it someday, he'll be able to do it because uh, he knew everything about it. You talk to the Marvel yeah. guys, and I turn it into a comic now. <laughs> be the idea that lasts forever. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun idea. I hope they do it someday. Me you never too. know. Now, in my lifetime, yeah. What is your thoughts on them putting now World of Avatar is going to be going uh, where Beastly Kingdom was, which broke my heart because that when I finally heard that Avatar was coming, I wasn't a, a big fan of the movie, but it really broke my heart to know that that was pretty much the end of Beastly Kingdom because there was always that hope that it would be revived. What is your thoughts on uh, Avatar coming to the Animal Kingdom? Do you think it's um, thematically, uh, does it fit in, in the Animal Kingdom? What do you think? I don't want to comment on that. I'll tell you, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to comment on to your uh, podcast. No yeah. problem. 
No okay. problem. <laughs> I, I, I have voiced my displeasure many a time. That's just me. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, what about Stonehenge? I like how you worked Stonehenge into, uh, like, I saw it twice. I saw it in the concept art for the Dragon's Tower, and I saw it uh, within the Loch Ness Landing itself. What was it about Stonehenge? You're like, oh, that, that belongs in Beastly Kingdom. I think it was Joe's idea. I think Joe came up with it, and we just kind of ran with it and put those kind of, kind of uh, <clears throat> rocks and ruins, uh, not ruins, runes, R-U-N-E-S, mm-hmm. R-U-N-E-S, uh, here and there throughout the land. Yeah, yeah. okay. I like that. I, I, I'm a big Stonehenge fan. I kind of felt that it fit because you're dealing with a land of mythical animals, kind of yeah. a little bit of mystery involved in it, and Stonehenge... Like the world's greatest mystery. What is it? What was it? How to get there? That? Yeah. All that kind yeah. Of stuff. yeah. So I, I thought it fit thematically. I thought it fit great. Um, all right. So that the day y'all find out it's not going to go forward um, had to have been a, a really sad day. You were explaining about it earlier, but um, we did see at least like like with Fantasia Gardens, they actually opened a Fantasia Gardens miniature golf right by the Swan and Dolphin Hotel that you can go play uh, miniature golf over there. Do you know whether or not, like, Fantasia Gardens, was that like a little shout-out to Fantasia Gardens from Beastly Kingdom? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I heard that they did it, and I saw pictures of it. I thought it was very well done, but mm-hmm. really I don't know about how it came to be. Okay. And uh, let's see, the, the other thing I was going to ask you about was there was telltale that another reason why it, like, when the project got stalled, one of the reasons it didn't come back is because a lot of Imagineers went to work over at Universal, and a lot of the ideas for Beastly Kingdom made it into, um, oh, shoot, what was the name of that, that place? Oh, they, the Dragon, Dragon, well, now it's the yeah, Dragon Challenge, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like, it was uh, an adventure. It was Islands of Adventure, now it's Harry Doing Potter. Doing dragons, yeah. Yeah, so now that area doesn't even exist for them anymore. It was like Merlinwood. Was I think yeah, what they yeah. called it at Universal, and they said a lot of former Disney Imagineers went to work over there right. and brought their ideas for D- uh, Beastly Kingdom with them. Have you heard anything like that, or I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that, and honestly, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I've never been on the Dragon. What was it? A roller coaster? I don't know. Yeah, what it was, was a it was a double roller Universal. coaster. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was I, honestly, I've never been on it. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think I've seen a few photos of it years ago. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't anything like what we were doing. No. No, it was, it was different, yeah. So where did you... Okay, so after you worked on Beast King and you went to Dinosaur, where where did you go after that? Uh, oh, Tokyo Disney Sea. Tokyo oh, Disney Sea. Another um, beautiful... You, you've worked on some beautiful oh, projects. Oh, amazing project. Amazing. And they had, oh, such talent on that. And they had a good budget because the Japanese really wanted them to do something beautiful. Yeah. And they sure did. And I was in in charge of the Jules Verne area, the caldera oh, in the center of the park. Yeah, oh, there were other designers that were working on the various attractions, but I was like the overall land art director, working with a lot of other people, you know. But oh gosh, there was the Nautilus submarine. There was <laughs> uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Right. There was Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah, see, that's uh, a dream vacation oh, then, for me. And then I remember the fortress. <laughs> a lot of stuff. So it was fun. It was a lot of production. Oh, I, I think most you... of it was designed by the time I got on the project, but I was art directing a lot of the actual production. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, did you actually like like sort because of, I think their twenty thousand leagues under the sea attraction is the attraction like for twenty thousand. Like I remember going to Euro Disney or Disneyland, 
and seeing the little walkthrough that they do with the Nautilus and, and as a kid riding the, the Nautilus in, in Disney World. But their Nautilus attraction looks totally unique and really awesome. But it wasn't a walkthrough. No, yeah. It was just the exterior. Right. Just the exterior. And it was actually built uh, with rock work uh, stuff, you know, mm-hmm. with the, uh, plaster, you know, but a beautiful job. Was it yeah, built- I remember doing research on what you could see through the bubble window of the, the wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And I did research from the film. Gosh, we found original drawings of the uh, props from the film. And we had props produced to try to make it look exactly like it did in the film. It was quite amazing. Quite yeah. amazing. Of course, then in Paris, they did a walkthrough. And they had the famous Tom Sherman art direct that. And he was a Nautilus god. I mean, he loved 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He lived it, you know. And he art directed that thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I walked through it when they mocked it up over at the show production facility. And um, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm walking through the sets. This is amazing. <laughs> like you're right in the film. Every little detail, all the rivets and the furniture wow. and everything. Oh, it was. Am- and so that's a walkthrough in Paris. Yeah, that one I, I've walked. I've never made it to Japan. Like I, I like the idea of of getting into a little, um, I forget what they call the little uh, pod that you get into. And it's, it kind of looks like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but it looks like Peter Pan's flight, like kind of like you're hanging over, like suspended, and you're, but you can control the light and look at different things through the bubble windows. Yes. Is that about uh, right? I believe, I believe that's right. And, uh, and I remember mock-ups of this vehicle hanging, and there was a window that had a layer of water sandwiched between glass and the bubble window and there oh, would, wow. they would run uh, bubbles up through the window so it looked like you were underwater but very cool yeah. concepts and and uh, execution of all those rides and i don't remember what i worked on after that <laughs> I can't <remember>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait a minute i was doing oh i was doing um was it your i was working with animatronics oh. and we did um it was experimental animatronics trying to come up with new ideas we did a little portable animatronic miko from pocahontas oh yeah okay okay Uh, it was gonna be a walk around of pocahontas a girl actress would carry the basket and the little animatronic would pop out of the basket and do a show with her and i worked on that i remember that was the last thing i worked on i think oh wow that kind of sounds like and they laid me off after after 911 like about a month after because uh, they were laying off a lot of people right after nine one one, everybody was panicking. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, my wife and I had a we had scheduled a trip prior to nine eleven, and then when we got to Disney at uh, Disney World, uh, I want to say it was January two thousand two, and there was nobody there. Apparently, the the tourism industry just took a huge hit. And a That's lot of- exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, they were all in a panic. Yeah. But I mean, you still. From time to time, work with Disney, right? I do, from time to time. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah, you, you still live in the dream. <laughs> I was going to say, because, like, uh, you, you worked on the Hall of Presidents, right? Did some animatronics. Uh... Oh, yes, I did. I worked on George Bush. <laughs> when George Bush got elected. <laughs> okay. Um, they wanted to, you know, every president that gets elected, they put him in the Hall of Presidents. Right. So, so I got George Bush. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> like a little boy 
They could have had like a shoot throw at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could have done some good special effects. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> but, uh, oh, and I remember, you know, along that line of thing, the American Adventure at Epcot. What an amazing show that it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked on that in the figure finishing area way back when. And they had some genius animatronics. And they had the old masters working on that. They had... Uh, Blaine Gibson, of course, was mm-hmm. sculpting, and um, Wethel Rogers, you know, just these old masters working on that. And I remember Ben Franklin walking up a flight of stairs yeah. in animatronic. <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah. oh, was you that? guys are amazing. Did you ever get to meet uh, Mark Davis? Oh, yes. And I loved, I was, he was my idol. <laughs> and he was, he was pretty much retired when mm-hmm. I was working there. But he, they would bring him in for uh, projects and special events and stuff. And I remember working with him briefly uh, in Tokyo in the Bear Band Theater, sitting in the empty theater with him, and he would draw little sketches for me about how he wanted the costumes of the fur of the bears, you know. And uh, I oh. never saved any of those things. <laughs> oh. I wish I did. But he knew I was, I was just gaga over him. I, I loved his work since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you this follow real quick? Uh, my favorite attraction uh, is the Haunted Mansion. Uh, did you ever do anything with the Haunted Mansion? You ever got to work with the Haunted Mansion at all? I did. And it was um, a couple of times. The first time was when they did the Haunted Mansion for Tokyo. And then the other time was Phantom Manor, of course, for Paris. Yeah. I was art directing the production of all the animatronics in the park. So it was Phantom Manor. I worked with Jeff Burke, the art director on that, the designer, and then Pirates of the Caribbean. We had a small world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, hundreds of figures. It was fun. Did you ever have, like, a favorite animatronic figure? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I worked on this guy or this girl. A favorite one? Like, you're like, oh, my God, I'm working on the redhead in the pirate scene. Or, <laughs> you know, like a classic it, character. Uh, from the- I liked them all. I really did. Uh, in the in the pirates, I think my favorite one was the pirate leaning on the barrel. That There was a girl. It was leaning on a box, and the girl was in the barrel coming up and down. And I liked that pirate for some reason. The original one at Disneyland, he was leaning originally um, and he had a big stomach and a big blonde beard mm-hmm. and a great costume. And he was kind of swaggering like he was drunk, you know? Yeah. Great figure. Yeah. When they reproduced the show for Florida, they changed that figure, and he was sitting on a barrel with his legs out. Pretty simple, you know? Yeah. And specifically for Paris, I wanted to recreate that original figure, and we found the original molds that they used to produce that figure, and we did that figure. So that, that was pretty cool. The other animatronic that I just loved, it wasn't that sophisticated, but the big dragon that's under the castle oh, yeah. in uh, <laughs> Europe. And that dragon was originally made for the castle mystery tour in Tokyo. They had a, a mystery tour, and the, castle was a, the, the dragon was originally made for that. So they had the molds for that so we used those molds and reproduced that dragon yeah was, was that dragon was that dragon going to be the same dragon that was going to appear in the uh dragon's tower no 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 totally completely, different completely different okay. totally, the, the dragon tower one was going to be a lot bigger a lot different looking 
you know, yeah, no, a different dragon. Do you have any advice for, for people out there who are listening to you talk right now and would like to be an Imagineer one day? Any advice to help them get a job or keep a job? Any, anything you'd like to impart? Any wisdom? Well, go for it. You have to have talent. You know, you have to have talent. And if you do, I would say luck and timing. You know, if they're in the middle of a project and they need people, that's the best time. So it's tough to get in there now from what I understand. Yeah. But uh, persistent, be persistent, keep trying. You know, if they reject you once, do it again. And uh, that's the way I got hired. I think the first time I applied, I was rejected. The second time, they happened to be actively looking for people. And and I was thrilled to get hired. So, yeah, it can happen. Oh, cool. Oh, very that's cool. the truth right there. And how's, how's being an Imagineer help you in your career post-Disney? Or the well, I got a nice pension. Of- <laughs> you got a nice pension. <laughs> That's a truth. It's okay, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you look back at all the things you could do with your life, and I, I think I was so lucky to get that job, and I was there for 21 years, Yeah. which doesn't seem like that long of a time when I look back at it, but at the time it seemed like, oh my God, it was a lifetime, you know, yeah. 21 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was in the prime of my life, you know, from early 20s to mid-40s. And um, it was great. You know, the memories are great. I couldn't think of anything I'd rather have done. It was a great, great experience. And I got to travel the world. Yeah. Yes, you know? Oh, absolutely. It was great. I got lucky. And looking back, is there a particular uh, scene that you helped create that you're most proud of? Uh, what, what do you look back upon? Like, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I created that. I'm glad that memory is etched in people's minds. No, it really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. I mean, I liked it all. I, I can did. I can tell you for me, like the the work you did in Beastly Kingdom, that that portrait of the entire land in and of itself. I mean, it's something that you know to this day I I show people whenever they talk about, oh, it's going to be cool. They're going to have floating mountains and Avatar, and I'm like, look what we could have had. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. That's yeah. very nice to hear. No, as nice. a, as a that artist. was a lot of fun painting that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we've kept you long enough. Yeah. I, I know we've kept you. We could pick your brain all day. The time that we told you we were going to well, have. Very you. good. I hope I didn't bore you. I, I no. enjoyed talking to you. So no, very good. Thanks. N- for not at all. Me. I enjoyed hearing the stories. Me too. It was, it was great just to sit back and listen to you tell us. I mean, you answered a lot of questions for me that I've had a lot of curiosities about over the years. Like I said, when I was a kid, I remember looking at the pictures and that you know. You drew and, and looking at it and staring at it and going, what is that? Because I remember seeing those little billy goats and being like, what is that right over there? <laughs> I don't even remember that they were in that. Were they in that big painting? They absolutely were. I would squint and I would look and try and catch as much detail as I could. Because I, especially like the dark side or the evil side of, of Beastly Kingdom, I could make out the tower in the background. I could make out the Loch Ness Monster. In the middle, I saw the bridge and there were these three animals by the bridge. <laughs> And then in the uh, in the making of uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, they had the blown up uh, picture of the artwork that you created. And clear as day, you can see the billy goats right there, right by the bridge. So it was like, really, is that online somewhere? I'd like to see it. <laughs> I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a picture of it right now on my cell phone. I'm going to text it to you because I mean, I think it's a shame. Oh, that don't I, text me because I don't have a cell phone. Oh, oh, um, okay. Um, well, I'll yeah, send you message a, me on Facebook, and we'll and we'll post it on the uh, on the website with this show so that the listeners can see. Oh, too. very good. Yeah, I've no, I haven't seen it in years. I'd like to see it. 
I'm, I'm going to send them over to you. I'm going to send that over to you right now. I cannot believe that I own your artwork and you don't. That's not right. <laughs> no, I don't have really anything. <laughs> oh, God is right. Get out of here. Oh, man, that's terrible. I mean, you, you created so much. And, and thank oh, you, yeah. uh, really, seriously, thank you for A, taking the time, and B, for creating a sense of wonder in my mind ever since 90, what was it, about 95, 95, that I, yeah. 95 96 that I saw this. Um, it, it, thank you for Norway. Thank you for everything that you've done. Yeah. You've enriched our lives as Disney fans and as people who have not reached your heights, but uh, try to be creative in our own that, life. That's thank the you. best way to put it. Yeah, thank you very much. I got to go home and draw right now. Um, <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. be inspired. Very good. That's another okay. level you got, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you, Paul. Right, thank you. you. Have a good night. Good night. All right, guys, you ready? Let's do the interview. Are you serious? Guys, that was a great interview with Mr. Paul Turagina. We definitely appreciate him having him on the show, taking his time from his day, from his hectic day, his busy day. He said he was painting before he came on. Yeah, very talented yeah. guy. So, guys, just to let you know, www.magicourway.com is the best place to find everything related to the Magic Our Way universe, uh, names of famous Moicans, our social media links, ways to contact us, you know, just everything. Everything you want to know about the show past episodes, you can also find on there. And visit that. A couple of different ways that you can communicate with us. MagicRoyGmail.com is our email. Uh, we get any and all things there. You can also call or text us on our phone number, 1 815 MoWeekend. That is 1 815 MoWeekend 669 4226. Or if you happen to be on the website serving and you don't feel like calling, we have a little speak pipe widget there, guys. You just click the button and you can record a voicemail and it sends it right to us, guys. Very, very easy. You don't have to leave our website. Quick and painless, guys. So we have many different ways that you can get in touch with us. We love hearing from the Moican Nation. And by the way, guys, please, please, please reach out to Paul Torgino. He's on Facebook. Let him know what you thought of his interview. Let him know what you thought of his stories. Uh, let him know how much you enjoyed this. Because uh, quite frankly, we we're hoping to have Paul on again at some point in time. Because we're, we only scratched the surface. That's uh, a lot of good yeah. history yeah. there. A lot of good stories. 21 there, years really. worth of it. Yeah, and if anything, uh, just write him to be, uh, tell him how appreciative you are of the stuff that he's made. Yeah. All right, here we're going to take the opportunity to let a couple of our guys uh, pimp their wares. <laughs> so the first thing we got up is our travel agent, Lee. Moicans. Hey, Lee. You, hey. <laughs> tell him what you got what about, going on, sir. That was yeah, a great so interview, you, Lee. You did a good job interview. with that. <laughs> wasn't that a – just don't miss out on things like that like I do. Miss You don't want to miss out on a trip to Disney. So give me a call, 832-570-5490. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash lostavicatravel. You can email me at lee at magicourway.com. Um, it's time to book. Uh, right now, 180s, but you're looking at September, October vacation. So you want to get those dining reservations and all that stuff to plan the right trip. Now's the time to be looking for those fall vacations. Last-minute trip, maybe spring break, summer, we can still do that, too. So get in contact with me, and we will get you booked up and hooked up. Book my vacation. I had a good time. That's right. That's there right. And that was, of course, Eli of Ivory Comics. Eli, you want to tell him what you got going on? And for an extra fee, Lee will show up on your vacation with you. <laughs> 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 He'll sleep on your couch. He'll make sure you have a... Uh... Yeah. 
a couple of what bananas and some M&Ms right. for I'll breakfast. Bring some bananas and <laughs> and you don't have to open the couch. You, you won't get any of the M&Ms. You won't. Yeah. You won't get to touch those, but you'll get the bananas. Gotta get up pretty <laughs> early in the morning for them. That's right. You'll you you gotta be you pretty early to to get those M&Ms. It's a nominal fee. Nominal fee, and That's Lee it. will accompany That's you. It. He will I make sure you will enjoy your vacation. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Eli. So what you got, man? Oh man, look. Uh, hey, first of all, I I, I enjoyed the interview. That was that was really good. I'm really happy to be part of this team, man. Uh, thanks for having me. We yeah. love you, Big E. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. This guy, I tell you what, Paul made me want to go home after I leave from here and start drawing tonight. So what you're gonna see is uh, Project Geisha from Ivy Comic Studios. That's just me, local New Orleans boy, just trying to make good. You can go to Facebook. And uh, look up the Project Geisha. I, I, I wrote the story on it. I did the pencils on it. I hired some acres and colorists and letterers. So, again, yeah, just like everybody else, so you're not just uh, helping me. You're helping other people to go ahead and make their dreams come true. And that's what this is about. If there's anything that I pull from this one, uh, yeah, it's like, man, go for your dreams. No, It's doubt. the community, man. And, uh, yeah, please. Follow uh, you on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is Hancock ten one sixty six. I'm on Instagram, uh, E Ivory uh, five hundred four. Awesome. And if you want to support him and support the show and everything else, man, there's a couple ways you can do that. Go to the website again, www.magicourway.com, and you can click on any of our affiliate links from Amazon to any of the other little ads that we have on there. All you got to do is click, and we get a little something from that. That helps us. Also, you can buy a t-shirt, man. Sport the Magic Our Way merchandise in the Disney parks or wherever you're traveling. Represent that you're a member of the Moeekin Nation. And we should come up with a Moeekin t-shirt. I think I'll do that sometime this weekend. Uh, but look for that, man, and be, be a proud Moeekin and sport that around the parks or wherever you happen to live. Doesn't really matter. And last thing, guys, man, we get kind of hungry when we do these recording sessions, man, so you can send us some beignets. Go to the website on the upper right hand. Well, on, I guess on the right hand side of the page, you'll see a little place where you can click and send us a little order of three beignets costing about $2.14, guys. It's very, very easy. Every little bit, bit of beignet uh, helps us to do a great show, guys. Uh, so every beignet order does nothing but wonders. So you can definitely help us out in such a manner. And last but not least, you can help us by writing a review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to download the show, Google Play. But leave a rating and a review, man. It keeps us relevant and keeps everybody knowing about our podcast so they can find us pretty easily. So definitely do that for us. We would definitely appreciate it, man. And also, too, any review that we find, man, we're going we're gonna, to eventually in one of the shows, we're going to read some of the reviews. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Just acknowledge those people that took the time to actually do it. We definitely do appreciate you making us part of your life. So on that note, we definitely thank you. And my name is Kevin. And I am Danny. Magic out.